0: In today's episode, we begin with an ovine musical selection. We talk about Jesus' criticism of the Pharisees. We wonder if Jesus returned today, if we would fare much better in his evaluation of us. We compare the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We discover the spiritual descendants of the Pharisees in Judaism today, all on the way to answering the question, who were the Pharisees? Welcome to the Sky Pilot podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. In the first part of this trilogy of history focused episodes, we talked about Josephus, the historian. In the second, episode, we delve deeper into the year 70 and the fall of the temple and how important that was. And in this episode, we look at the importance of the Pharisees and the future of Judaism. Now, a number of years ago, when I was working at a church that had a school, I would play the guitar and we'd sing songs with the kids at the weekly school chapel services. This led me on a quest to find a wider variety of Christian sing along songs for kids. And in my search, one of the songs I came across was entitled, I Just Want to Be a Sheep. Be a sheep bah, bah, bah. Okay, yep, that's the song. That's the one right there. Although the song has a catchy feel to it, there's some problems with it, okay? So the title doesn't really ring in today's world where one of the worst new modern things you can call a group of people in our modern-day language is sheeple, which is, of course, a combination of the words sheep and people, and it implies mindlessly not thinking for ourselves. So a song in which we mostly proclaim that I just want to be a sheep doesn't really ring for us very much today. Now, you've heard the chorus from which the song derives its title— And for the most part, each verse of this song is a verse about a group of people the singers don't want to be like. There's a verse about not wanting to be a hypocrite. There's a verse about not wanting to be a Sadducee. And, of course, you guessed it, there is a verse about not wanting to be a Pharisee. The song happily proclaims, I don't want to be a Pharisee because they're not fair, you see. Don't want to be a Pharisee. Don't want to be a Pharisee. They're not fair, you see. Don't be a Pharisee. And there you go. So now you kind of have a sense of the whole song just by hearing two little clips. So let me say a couple of things in response. First, yes, Jesus did have some critical remarks to say regarding the Pharisees. I think this had less to do with the notion that he sided more with, say, the religious notions of the Sadducees, those being the temple leadership were the Sadducees, over the ideas of the Pharisees, and instead probably was born from the reality that the people to whom Jesus was speaking, the average everyday kind of citizen of Israel at that time, had far more contact with the Pharisees in their personal everyday religious lives than they did or ever would with the Sadducees. So since they were more acquainted with the Pharisees, that's who Jesus was more likely to talk about. Just as if Jesus returned today, I believe he'd probably have a lot more to say about, well, everyday ordained clergy than he would have to say about how the executive offices run in any particular denomination or faith. Those of us in that category, church clergy, would certainly bear the brunt of his critical remarks about faith, religion, and Christianity in our time, because we're the frontline leaders of the faith, just as the Pharisees were in their time. Second, allow me to say that people are not archetypes. We are always treading on dangerous territory when we take on any group of people and say they are all a particular way, like implying that the Pharisees were all hypocrites. Remember, in first century Israel, there was nothing more oppressive than the Roman Empire. Surely, since the Gospels were written by Jews who were under the Roman oppression, there would be nothing positive to say about the Roman oppressors. And yet, and yet, when Jesus died on the cross, who was the only person to proclaim that he was the Son of God? It was, of all unlikely people, A Roman centurion, the Bible shows us again and again not to take a group of people and turn them into an archetype, because if we do, God will always humble us down the road with examples of courage, insight, and faithfulness coming from the very people we had deemed as unworthy. Case in point the centurions, or the Samaritans, and yes, even the Pharisees. Well, if the Pharisees shouldn't be typecast, then it would be fair to ask, are there any good Pharisees in the New Testament? And why, yes. Yes, there are. Nicodemus is a great example. Nicodemus is a Pharisee who's a humble seeker. Matter of fact, he seeks out Jesus. He says to Jesus that he realizes Jesus is, and I quote, a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. He recognized Jesus as a man of God, and he wants to learn from Jesus. And he later on defends Jesus to the authorities who are out to get him. And he comes with expensive balm to treat the body of Jesus after his crucifixion. Now, that's a really important point because at that point, Jesus has died. You can only assume early on that his ministry is over. So anything you're doing for Jesus after his death, is not because you hope of any gain. It's simply because, well, you're a good guy. So even the Bible is clear that the Pharisees are not all bad. Okay, so if we're going to give the Pharisees a fair chance of being understood, let's turn away for the moment from the history of Christian judgment, which they've endured, and instead look at what they actually believed. Oh, I should add that Josephus says, There were about 6,000 Pharisees in first-century Israel, and he says that they garnered far more favor with the people than did the Sadducees. So Josephus implies that there is some ongoing tension between the belief systems of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So let's compare the difference between these two groups, between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The first and probably most important difference between the two groups was the spiritual nature of their beliefs. Pharisees placed far more importance on the spiritual elements of the Jewish faith. The Pharisees believed in heaven, hell, angels, demons, and life after death. And the Sadducees did not believe in any of those things. The Sadducees were the equivalent of Jewish nobility. They were born into an aristocratic, powerful elements of Jewish society, and they wielded an enormous amount of power. And in order to keep that power, were, for the most part, willing to work with the Roman authorities. Not that they had a lot of choice, but compromise was a part of their survival strategy. The Pharisees were more connected with the people. They were far more of a grassroots movement. This is not to say that the Pharisees had no kind of influence, power, or wealth. There were certainly wealthy people in their midst, but they tended to be merchants, or as we might say, new money versus kind of the old money of the Sadducees. Most faiths have an element of the faith that revolves around how does the practitioner, how does the believer of that faith become holy and live a Pure and God focused life. The Sadducees didn't believe in an afterlife, so they weren't worried about what was to come. Their focus was on the here and now, so the temple rituals were what was of importance to them. For the Sadducees, the people of Israel were made holy by the rituals as prescribed in Scripture, those rituals performed on their behalf by the priests. So the Sadducees placed their focus in a very careful and faithful adherence to the priestly rituals as set forth in Scripture. The Pharisees were far less interested in the rituals and far more interested in the Scripture itself. If one hoped to live a godly, righteous, holy life according to the Pharisees, it would take careful study of the scriptural text to discern how God wants followers to live. Pharisees were, in short, scriptural scholars studying in order to help people live more faithful lives. Okay, so they were focused on scripture and trying to make the faith more open and accessible to the common believer. There really doesn't seem to be anything here to get upset with. So this is where the criticism of Jesus comes in. I don't think that the criticism of the Pharisees has anything to do with what I've laid out so far. These seem actually like something Jesus would very much like. What Jesus criticized them for was not about these beliefs, but the ways in which they had wandered astray from the beliefs. The idea was to create a faith that was accessible to everyone. But some Pharisees, after rigorous studies, began to set forth expectations of adherence that were beyond the ability of the working family, the common working Jew, and so they had created something that was, in essence, in conflict with the original intent. I come from a Christian church tradition that I think, given our current sensibilities, if we were suddenly thrown back 2,000 years, we would see ourselves as being far more closely aligned with the Pharisees than the Sadducees. So before we judge the Pharisees too harshly because we have read the words of Jesus, Just think what he would have to say to us about the direction we have taken the Christian faith. Let us not make the mistake of reading Scripture, judging the Pharisees for their errant ways, and then deluding ourselves into believing that we have found the way to follow Jesus that he would be 100% delighted with, because we haven't. None of us have. Now, to think about the Pharisees' historical significance— with the fall of the Temple in the year 70, the high priests and the Sadducees, whose religious lives were focused on the rites and rituals of the Temple in Jerusalem, well, as you can imagine, they were without a direction. They had no place to perform those rituals. But the Judaism as taught by the Pharisees needed no temple and priestly rituals to exist. The Pharisees were already flourishing before the fall of the Temple and They were uniquely situated with a form of Judaism that could exist without any of the temple rituals. Modern-day Judaism can trace its current system of rabbinic leadership back to them. The rabbis are the descendants of those Pharisees. And although there are plenty of very wise Christian ministers who study scripture, I would argue that there's a much deeper tradition amongst Jewish rabbis of not just studying their scripture, but being true scholars of those words. Christian clergy tend to study our scriptures for inspiration and revelation. Rabbis tend to be far more grounded in the scholarly study of their ancient texts. Now, nobody's right and nobody's wrong but this scholarly tradition traces its roots back to the Pharisees. I hope you found this episode and the previous two helpful. If you'd like more of this type of content, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you and see if this worked for you. I also hope that you've learned something about where our knowledge about first-century Judaism comes from, why the fall of the temple was such a turning point, and despite the bad press Christians tend to give them, how important the Pharisees were for the future of Judaism. That's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Skypilot Quest. And as I said, I'd love to hear from you, particularly about these last couple of episodes. So if you'd like to get in touch with me, my email address is dan at skypilot.zone. That's dan at skypilot one word dot zone on your spiritual journey may you ask questions seek answers and boldly go wherever the quest takes you thanks for listening to sky pilot faith quest i invite you to send me a question or leave a review and remember the sign of a strong faith solid religion or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty but that you keep asking questions we